The Damn Podcast is brought to you by the Influential Grooming Lounge. It's more than just a barbershop. It's where influencers elevate each other and the community meets. Welcome, everybody, into another episode of The Damn Podcast with your hosts, Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. Angie, signing day's coming up. It is. I know Seriously, we said. But we're keeping this Monday, and uh, signing day is Wednesday. Yeah, so usually. Uh, actually, I know you said that it, it basically isn't as big of a deal as it used to be, <laughs> which is really weird to me. Uh, if I mean, personally, when I think about it, I think that's just weird that you're right, that it's not that big of a deal anymore because everyone's basically already signed, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's not a not a big deal, but um, it's really done a couple things. That early signing period in December, um, you know, Oregon State signed the bulk of their class between that and then the, the transfer guys that have come in. Um, so there's three spots left in this class for the 2019 for signing day. So, yeah, it's a little, it's a little different than in past years, but what it's done is it's really – opened up this month of January, instead of the staff having to continually, you know, be on top of those guys that have committed, um, keeping the poachers away, you know, continually recruit those guys, um, those guys have already been signed. So it let them focus on their last remaining targets. It let them focus on preferred walk-on candidates a little more heavily than maybe they have in the past. And it's also let them, you know, visit a lot of the 2020, 2021 guys and get that, um, you know, help build those relationships. So it's not all bad. And, you know, with the, with the transfer portal too, we're going to going to just see recruiting become even more of a year round deal. Yeah. Um, so instead of the days past is, you know, the days past, it's been everything on that first Wednesday in February. And now we are really seeing a a year round transition. Yeah. Angie, I was going to say that, uh, the transfer portal, that thing just blows my mind now. <laughs> it's it's Doesn't actually it? crazy. And when you posted that, did you post that in the lodge, right? I did, yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I was 24/7. looking at that. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So 24-7 has a running, it's live updates, it's, it's ranks guys, it re-ranks guys. So right now Oregon State in the 24-7 rankings has four players, four transfer players in the top 50. Big. That's big, right? So mm-hmm. they will also be – they're, they're not going to redo the 2019 signing class rankings because that takes away from that um, the consistency over the past, you know, 20 years. But they will be having a second um, ranking, class ranking, that incorporates the transfers, which Oregon State should do very well in. Um, it's just a, it's a matter of, of the changing times. And, and I liken it to NFL. If you, you know, you'd have your draft day rankings and then your free agent you know, your team with your free agent. So, yeah, it's, it's it's a totally new world that that we're entering into. But And it really is free agency for college football players. Yeah, I actually really, really enjoy it. And Angie, it's and anyone listening, it's finally time for me to admit it. I think I am kind of a fan of the whole recruiting process now. I think oh, I've hit that point. Oh, my goodness. I know. I, it's fun, right? It, it is really cool. And, and I think I was looking at it from such a different point of view as like a – as like as a player, yeah, as a player. But I, I don't know why I made it seem like I didn't enjoy it. As you know, when I was getting recruited, because I did. I loved taking all my official visits to, you know, Power Five, Pac-12 schools. I loved, you know, all the coaches being like Marcus. You know, you're our next big thing. Everything like that, basically gassing me up. And I thought, you know, I look back at it now, and I don't know why I didn't tell you guys this. I'm pretty sure I have, but maybe I haven't. But. Um, at the end of the day, I just thought, I was like, man, these kids are really just having fun with it, though. And that that was kind of where I was like, all right, you know, I get 
it still does it, it does bug me when I see like that I'm dropping my list from you know 16 to to 14 at, on February 2nd at 6:03 right that that bugs me I'm like come on now who really cares but um I just think it really is a fun pro- uh, a fun process for these kids and it you know I think that's finally where it hit me and I was like all right Marcus you got to relax man like these these are just 18 year old kids who you know they don't ever get to experience something like this you know they probably never will again so let them enjoy it, right? It, it's a fun thing to do. Some guys are mature with it. Some guys aren't. But, you know, that's that's just a growing process. So I had to throw that out there. I took a, it. It was – I woke up this morning. I was like, I think it's time to tell these people. I think it's time to admit it. <laughs> well, and it's fun for the fans. Yeah. It, it builds the excitement for the future of, of what's going to – you know, what – and you can – you know, optimism is always – is right there. You know, you, you look at your signing class. You look at the guys you have coming in and, and whether you're winning – and, and you think of these guys as, as being, you know, helping continue that. Or if you're in the Beavers case, you look at how these guys can help, help mm-hmm. the program. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it, it was really hard for me to just like finally realize that that's kind of how it was or how it is. Cause I'm just like, I don't understand. Like just focus well, on playing football. Yeah, that. that's true. You know, so, you know, back, you know, not even that long ago before, you know, Twitter was kind of everywhere. Um, these you didn't have this the self promotion and the and the self um you know building each other or building themselves up and and making themselves kind of bigger than maybe they they are but like you said these kids this might be their only chance to kind of have mm-hmm. the limelight and enjoy it you know because they're going to become small fish again pretty quickly when they when they start their college their college experience yeah angie i also forgot to say I, I should have said this as soon as we started. So we have a next week. This is what our damn podcast is hopefully going to look like. I know I have one set in stone. I'm still trying to get the other one. Just, you know, kind of a little tease. We will have Dan Fouts on the damn podcast. The actual Dan Fouts. No, like phony Dan Fouts. Yes, I'm talking the Dan Fouts that does uh, color commentating for CBS and NFL games. Former Oregon quarterback. I just thought it would be super cool to have him on. Um you know, like I said, I, I've had the chance to kind of talk to him a little bit and keep in touch with him. And he kind of likes the idea of the damn podcast. And he was like, you know, I think it'd be super fun just to have me hop on if you guys would like and just kind of talk about some playing experience, what it was like playing against Oregon State. He said those were some of like the toughest games he's ever played in his entire football career. So I think it'd be super cool to have him on and just kind of tell his story and look at it from a different point of view. I, th- I think that'd be super oh, cool. I love it. And also super awesome. We will get, hopefully, this is the hopefully, is Yogi Roth, uh, the Pac-12 uh, studio analyst. Hopefully he'll hop on. I, he said he's down to do it, but uh, I know he's busy, so we're going to have to figure it out. But, Angie, let's, uh, let's we, uh, we did have some big news, too, or kind of big news. I, can, I guess it is big news. Uh, Jay Irvine, he did transfer. So I don't know if you want to yeah. talk about that really quick. That's kind of, yeah. that's kind of, a, that's kind of uh, a bummer. I was it's kind of a bummer. I like Jay a lot. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I think it was two surgeries. Two, yeah. So I mean, he basically missed two full years um, because of injuries, and really played sparingly uh, when he was in. So um, he announced last night on social media that yes, he was transferring. Um, you know, no ill will. You know, I, th- I think he just is looking for a place that maybe he could see the field more. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Oregon State. Um, was not that place for him. So wish him the best of luck in, in his future endeavors. Yeah, I and I really thought that it was 
you know, it's it, it really was hard to watch him go because a lot of people were, you know, and, and I tweeted out something saying, like, you know, best of luck, Jay. I thought he was a guy who can go toe-to-toe with really anybody. And when, you know, you break down this film because I do that often, as some people know, some people don't, but I do break down a lot of film a lot and just look at kind of <laughs> which players I think are going to come back and make a big statement. And I really thought Jay was going to be that guy because um, Xavier Crawford kind of – was the guy that I thought we had or Oregon State had, you know, a couple of years ago that you put him on the best receiver or, you know, basically the best outside playmaker on any offense. And, you know, it's going to be a good battle sometimes. You know, obviously the offensive guy will win, but most of the time Xavier Crawford was winning. And I thought Jay Irvine really kind of was going to be that next guy because uh, I think it was two years ago when he was, he was fully healthy. He played against, uh, I can't remember. I think it might, is it Tay Martin maybe from Washington State? Is it, I don't know if his first name is Martin, but um, Washington State's big, tall outside receiver, Jay, played against him, and he actually did really well on him. And then Dante Pettis, when they played Washington uh, University of Washington, you know, Dante Pettis ended up having a big, uh, big game when he was matched up against a different guy. But when he was matched up against Jay, Jay really shut him down. And so that's where I was like, man, that's a big blow because he's kind of your big-bodied corner who is physical, long, you know, he has good yeah, feet yeah, and he's he fast. Yeah, and so yeah. that's kind of the yeah. guys that you want against those bigger outside receivers. But you're right. You know, sometimes it's a fit, sometimes it's not. But, you know, it is a bummer that Jay had to, you know, that Jay decided to leave. But like you said, Angie, best of luck to him. Obviously, hopefully everything works out for him because I really want to see him succeed. So that'll be, uh, that'll be good. But, Angie, do you kind of have in mind anyone who you think could replace him as that kind of outside presence or that, you know, bigger, lengthier corner? Well, you know, that's, you know, when you go back to Jay, you know, he was brought on by the former staff and, you know, that was, that's what they wanted. You know, mm-hmm. that was a, um, you know, a lengthy, fast, um, the long arms, the the tall, um, you know, cornerback's one that's interesting to me. Cause I, you know, I, I, I think Isaiah Dunn had some, had some for uh, some promise, mm-hmm. um, this past season, um, you have Jaden Robinson, who has that length. Um, he played a couple games, but the, he did redshirt. Caleb Hayes, um, you know, he played some safety this year, but I really think his natural position is, is corner. Um, I'm anxious to see some of those those new guys coming in. I really like Alex Austin, uh-huh. the uh, signee from uh, Long Beach Poly. I, I think say, he has yeah. that length. Um, and JoJo Forrest, he doesn't have the length necessarily, but I love what I've seen from him on film. Um, but corner scares me a little bit, you know, and, and Oregon State, I mean, they, they have the three guys that they signed, but it's not the deepest group when mm-hmm. you look at it top to bottom. Yeah. And so that's why I was kind of, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't concerned, but I guess I was a little curious to see if, um, you know, Oregon State maybe was going to try to late get a Juco guy. I honestly don't know how that goes, to be honest. <laughs> I don't just want to blow yeah. smoke, but you know, maybe a, a, a Juco guy and a more experienced guy. I don't know, but you're right. This group doesn't really have a a person that you look at and you're like, okay, there's their lockdown corner, or okay, that's you know kind of the lengthier guy that's gonna. I mean, Isaiah Dunn, I thought at times played extremely good last season. He played really, really yeah. well. Yeah, but then you, I mean, you look at it, and Deshaun Wilson has mm-hmm. been suspended, and we don't really know what the um, outcome on that will be. He's he's suspended indefinitely, so they don't have the depth there. Like I said, you have some promising guys yeah. like I said, with Jaden Robinson and and um if they can move Caleb Hayes back I think that's that's big 
but and then you know you have Winston Russell who's already on campus. He's he was assigned in December. But again, you're looking at guys that are more in that five five eleven range. Alex Austin is listed at six one, so um, like I said, I think he could potentially be a guy, but you just don't know how quickly these freshmen are going to pick things up. Mm-hmm. And so that that's going to be interesting to see. And you know, or I mean, I guess there is coaching change too, obviously that that we know of Oregon State picking up um, a DB coach, but it's just going to be interesting to see kind of how those guys mold and how yeah, yeah. you know how they adjust because. You know, let's, let's be realistic. These guys are going to have to, you know, the young guys are going to have to obviously grow up really quick. And I know that's not the easiest thing to do because you're going up against guys who are more experienced and obviously, you know, so on and so forth. But, Angie, it's a, it, you're right. It kind of scares me a little bit. And you think about it, there is, you know, some guys that have been in the program for quite some time now, you know, maybe a Sean Wilson or, or really anything, but you know, like you and Sean kind of hopped back from safety and corner as well, and yeah, he was kind of yeah. like a nickel guy too. So um, it's going to be, he, you know, he it'll be interesting because yeah. you know I think he too is more comfortable, um, you know, in that corner role. But he he played well as, as, at that nickel position. So. Yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. Uh, we also have I wow I'm just all over the place. We also I I totally forgot Massafoni. Oh, actually, it's not Safoni, Angie. Did you know that? Is it Chiafoni? It, I yes, that was it. He he'll hop on. I mean, I'll ha- I have him and I recorded um, the other day, but yeah. It, I love that we're bringing on some of our listeners. That's yes, awesome. He actually, you guys will hear it too. Anyone who's still listening, I know we're only thirteen minutes in, but I don't know if we bored you already, but. He had so he hit me with some questions. I was like, "Wow, I was not ready for that." <laughs> it was actually it was actually really good, and he was really good. And I I'm a little concerned now because I thought I did an okay job. job. Yes, I I know for a fact he he's coming for my spot. There, I have no doubt in my mind that he's. He was like, you know, I'm kind of nervous. I've never really done this before, and he came out and he sounded way better than I did. And I was like, hold up, man, have you been practicing? Like, were you waiting for this moment? He knew this moment was coming. <laughs> And he and he took it. He seized this moment, and he, he now he's going to take my position. So that's all right. Hit though. a home run. It was well, a home and run. Before we jump into damn questions, and before we get to Matt, I, I do with signing day coming up. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about where the Beavers are. Now I've talked about this a ton in the Lodge at Beaver Blitz. So if you're a member and you you've been hanging out in the Lodge, this is not going to be new news to you. But I know a lot of our listeners maybe aren't. They're they're not following recruiting as closely. So like I said earlier. Oregon State has three scholarship positions left, okay? So um, one of those is taken by defensive end James Rawls. So he was on campus a week ago. Uh, He was here when the Washington schools were here in basketball. No problem, no concerns about him um, going elsewhere. He is solid in his commitment. He's at Fullerton College. And really kind of a fun story there is his um, uncle is Lee Davis, who um, played offensive line for the Beavers back in the festival year. So he is hundred percent solid. That's one of the spots. And, you know, he was under recruited because get this. So he is at Fullerton college first year. He gray shirted it and then entered Fullerton college this year. Everybody just, all these football coaches had him penciled in as a 2020 guy, you know, mm-hmm. the two year it is a degree and move on. We're going to say did some research on him and they were like, dang, he's got credits. He can, he, he can be out. Yeah. He can be out, you know, this year in May. So um, James did 
put in the work this fall um, and got his grades back in December. He was good. He has one more you know, semester there and he'll be out in May. So um, he's a guy that would have had probably double digit offers had yeah, certainly. Um, more schools realized that. I was going to say, um, so he's in. Yeah. I, just real quick. I was going to say, cause Angie, when I broke down this film, I was like, Oh my goodness. I was like, what? Like there has, there has to be, there has to be something, or story. you know, yeah. yeah, like what's the story? Because this kid, he was a baller, and yeah, I mean, there was there was I was like, these guys are crazy. Like I almost considered, I don't even know if I know how to start a college football team, but if I did, I would certainly go for him. But Angie, like he is, he is the real deal, and that's like instant help. And I know we always yeah. say some people are going to be instant help, but my goodness, that is the definition of instant help. And not to get off topic, because I'll let you finish, Angie, but, you know, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty decent, not good, not great, not okay, because I guess okay is one step below. I'm feeling pretty decent about the defensive line this upcoming season. Maybe we could talk about it oh, yeah. after you finish your point. But, uh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about – yeah, and, and I think that's going to be kind of a, a conversation we have, you know, in the next couple of weeks, too, mm-hmm. is just how much they've improved just with the signing class. But um, sticking with the – because I don't want people to get convoluted here because – then you've heard, you've seen guys on Twitter saying that they've committed, but they're a preferred walk-on. So let's just stick now to the three open scholarships. James Rawls has one of them. Oregon State also wanted a prep alignment in this class. And it's it's really down to two. It's a two-man race right now. Their number one target is Paul Mataveo Poyali'i. I think I've got that right. He's out of Daly City, City California. Interesting prospect. He was here um, last week and took his final visit this weekend to Kansas. Baylor thinks he's theirs, and even 24-7's director of football recruiting just put in a crystal ball that he'll be a Baylor bound. That being said, as far as we know, he, he has told us that he has not made a decision yet. Hmm. So Fresno State's in the mix, Oregon State, uh, Baylor, Kansas, all in the mix there. Um, but the intriguing one to me is, so he has an offer, but Oregon State has a backup plan in case he chooses to go elsewhere. And it's an O-lineman named Thomas Seo out of Alaska. He is Alaska's top prospect, number one prospect. He visited campus this weekend as, a, as an official visitor, but no offer. So he is kind of, he is that, okay, if Paul, we call him in the logic, we call him PMP. If PMP goes elsewhere, then Thomas Seo gets his offer and will commit on the spot. So, um, you know, some people I think would see that as a step down. I, I spoke with Brandon Huffman about Seo, and, you know, he said if he lived in the contiguous 48, lower 48 states, he would have had a lot of offers, mm-hmm. um, just as good as PMP. And so I, I really don't look at that as a consolation prize. And if anything, you know, here's a guy, he wants to be a beaver. He wants to be here. So um, a lot of times you you take the, that guy just because he helps the culture, especially if there's no drop-off in talent. Yeah. So he's one that we're watching. Um, but that is, like I said, that's if PMP. And, you know, if I'm going to say it, at some point I – give Paul a hard decision time. Like, you know, either yay, you're either in with us or you're not Mm -hmm. because we've got to make our moves. So um, that's really kind of the the one I'm watching. And then the Beavers originally had recruited Achille Arnold, a safety out of Mission Viejo. He visited back in October and then the Beavers decided that they really needed to focus more on offensive and defensive linemen. So um, Achille Arnold thought he was going to go ASU. Um, ASU wanted him to blue shirt uh, so he ended up committing to Utah State. The kicker, though, is he didn't sign in December with Utah State. 
he wanted to kind of keep his options open in case a bigger program came in. And now that Oregon State kind of has their numbers figured out, they've got their their linemen that they really wanted. They had that one spot for a safety, and uh, I believe he will sign as well on Wednesday. Mm, okay. Well, that'll be so good that will news. Be a- a flip, and uh, you know, as, as most or many of you probably know, Utah State is now coached by a former Oregon State coach. So, yeah, so that flip um, is going to mean a little more. That, that <laughs> maybe means a little bit more, at least Beaver fans. But no, really good player, um, JoJo Forrest, uh, a cornerback signee, is one of his high school teammates. Um, he also has a younger brother who Oregon State offered, a 2021 prospect that Oregon State was the first to offer. So, um, just kind of keep things. In the back of your mind, I know that's a long way out, but um, that those are the guys I'm watching. So there's four guys heading into signing day, but with Beaver Blitz right now, like I mentioned earlier, there's been more of a focus now on the preferred walk-ons, and so we have been in constant contact with a lot of those guys who will be making their decision, and we plan to cover as many of those preferred walk-ons as we can. Mm-hmm. So um, stay tuned there as well. All right, Angie, you just gave us the full breakdown. My yeah, goodness. It's, it's, it's what I do. I, I, I post in the lodge. Seriously, it, it, it's kind of it's one of these things this time of year. I had a dream last night about, like, preferred walk-on, and the kid thought he had an offer, and I said something about a preferred Yeah, it was – these are the things that, like, I guess I spend way too much time on because – Keeps you up at night. If you're dreaming about it. It keeps me <laughs> up at night. But, um, you know, one of the I, – I do want to point out the, the preferred walk-ons because in the past I'm I'm kind of like, okay, preferred walk-ons, it's awesome. Um they can help. They can contribute. But what I've seen Smith and his and his staff do, it's really interesting. So they're going after some really, you know, some guys in Oregon that have some offers. Um, I, I love the kicker Jeffrey Nelson, and and he tells me uh, that he's just waiting to get his acceptance letter into Oregon State. So kind of stay tuned there. But as soon as he does, I, I see him being a beeve. But um, they're also going after some of the guys that are really maybe under recruited. Um, I love Clayton Ingram as an offensive lineman out of um, De La Salle, one of the top programs in the country. Um, he has loved Oregon State all along, but um, has preferred off, uh, a preferred walk-on. And he's a smart kid, wants to study animal science. Where he's at right now, he visited campus this week, this past weekend. He is has an offer that he's considering at Northern Arizona, so a full scholarship offer, or walking on at Oregon State and taking a chance. You know, the coach has said, you could totally earn a scholarly. In fact, you were one of our top prospects, but we decided we needed D lineman over O lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's one of those interesting conundrums, right? You take the scholarship at a maybe a lower tier school, or do you walk on with a chance? So watching him, um, but these are the type of players that Oregon State is looking for to walk on. They're smart. They can maybe get some scholarship help on the academic side, and uh, but good players. Yeah. That, uh, you could at, at nothing else at, if nothing else can help build that which is and and scout team mm-hmm. you know i'm going to be 100% biased though yeah the preferred walk-ons <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you were one right yeah yeah i was so i mean that's and that's the biggest thing too so i i definitely get where he's coming from because it's you know it's do i do i go to power 5 you know and Potentially earn a scholarship, yeah, with a chance, or do I go, obviously, you know, get my school paid for, yeah, take the money and everything like that. But at the end of the day, right, it's it's just what you want. It's what you think is going to be best. So, you know, if he does choose a place that's going to offer him money, I mean, us as fans and people following it, we can't be upset with him. But if he does decide to come to Oregon State, you know, that that's huge. And 
sometimes it's it's the preferred walk-ons and the walk-ons that make a lot of scholarship guys realize that no matter what, that their spot is not safe. Because I won't say yeah. any names, obviously, but there are plenty of guys when, you know, I was at Oregon State that, you know, and eventually he flipped positions. But I was like, he got there and they were like, you know, this is kind of our next big running back. And I was like, nope, I already can tell he doesn't work harder than me. And I was like, you know, and, and conditioning and the weight room and the film room, like I was making sure that I knew everything better than he did and I worked at everything harder than he did. And so by doing that, you know, eventually he just kind of fell out of the rotation and I got to take his spot. Me and Jalen Bailey both jumped in. So that was, you know, that's kind of how it goes. And so you, you know, these preferred walk-ons, that's kind of something that you guys can't get discouraged with. I'm sure none of them are watching or listening, but you know, that's kind of just the mentality that I think coach Smith and these and his staff kind of want these walk-ons to, yeah, you can come here and play and, and you could certainly earn your spot without a doubt. Cause we're going to play the better player, but you know, we just can't offer you money right now. And it's a hard thing to swallow at first. Cause it was a hard thing for me to swallow. I was like, I was like, really? You know, out of all these places, you know, I was getting these Pac-12 preferred walk-on places everywhere, taking all these visits. But at the end of the day, it was the same thing. They're just saying, you know, we, you know, we had to focus on a different position group, but we certainly want you to come here and play, and you could easily earn a scholarship. You know, but mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. just happens, right? It's just a recruiting game, so it all matters as well as what happens when you get there, right? That's kind of the biggest thing. Exactly. Exactly. No, exactly. And, and think about the walk-ons that I've done really well i mean you look no further than the head coach mm-hmm. who started his career as a, as a walk-on so yeah. um that's that's the one thing i think with oregon state i think there are some schools out there that maybe aren't as truthful with their walk-ons and maybe tell them oh yeah you'll you'll totally be able to earn a scholarship and i, I see oregon state being honest with these guys but yet at the same time they can't promise anything yeah yeah i mean yeah you certainly can't you can't say okay just sign here and you know in a couple months it's you're gonna get a scholarship that's not how it works it's you know, there's plenty of guys and even, you know, there's even scholarship guys that they signed. And then later on, the coaches are like, wow, we can't you can tell that they're like, we kind of messed up. Right. We shouldn't have given this guy a scholarship. And it's the same thing. You know, sometimes there's preferred walk ons who show up, do good. And some who don't. That's just the you know, that's just the name of the game. So exactly. And you can't you can't uh, fake work ethic. So yeah. that's that's just something to keep an eye on. And then the other thing with preferred walk ons is they're they could commit on Wednesday but they're not bound by any anything. So I've seen in the past, guys, that even last year, a guy um, said he was going to be a, a preferred walk-on at Oregon State, but then um, got a scholarship offer, you know, in the in the in the uh, summer, mm-hmm. and or or a better preferred walk-on or a perceived better preferred walk-on at Michigan. So um, that kind of stuff happens as well. So, but we, um, I'm excited because we don't cover preferred walk-ons very. We haven't in the past, so I'm excited to. Uh, you know, cover them on Wednesday. Yes. Like we will a scholarship guy. So, Perfect. No, it, it, it would be fun. Is it, uh, Angie, is it time for some damn questions? It is. And, time before, for questions. and before we get into the damn questions, I did record a new uh, body of health kind of promo, oh I goodness. should say. And it sounded, I, <laughs> I actually cut it out. I saved it and I saved both of them and I played both of them right after the other. And I was like, the difference. So anybody, if there is like a difference, please tell me. I need to hear it. <laughs> I need to make sure that you guys know that I, I don't sound boring and I'm not bored when I do it. Because uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was. I went back and listened and I was like, I really put that on the past like podcast for months. 
and I sounded so boring. I never listened to it after I recorded the first time. Like, I recorded it, I made sure I didn't mess up, and I was like, all right, cool. And I just plopped it right in. (laughs) So, uh, Angie, do you want to start us off with the questions? I know what I do. I have a couple here for you, Marcus. Oh, perfect. Damn questions are brought to you by Body of Health Chiropractic and Wellness Center. Dr. Jason Young has been the chiropractor for Oregon State Athletics since 2011. Go to yourbodyofhealth.com for more information. And I, and I love that our, our, our listeners are getting are having some fun with, with the damn questions because it doesn't always have to be doesn't always have to be super serious mm-hmm. or related. But here for the Beavers wants to know Marcus. Marcus says that he's not a beer drinker. However, for football victories or for lunches with Dan Fouts, he'll drink them. What is the choice of beer or type of beer? He says <laughs> this does this question does have long term implications. All positive, but I must know. Okay. What beer do you drink, Marcus? When you, like I said, you you always are telling us you don't drink. You I don't. don't. Drink. And <laughs> Beavers beat Colorado, and the first thing you do is run and drink one of your roommate's beers, and then having lunch with Dan Fouts, and dang yeah. it, you got to have a beer. So. Yeah. So I'll give you guys a quick before before I answer that. The thing with Dan is, well, actually, the thing before any of this. I, I don't know beer. So, you know, when people are like, oh, I, you know, I want this kind of IPA. I'm like, oh, I don't really know what that means. IPAs but... are gross. Okay. Gross. See, there we go. IPA was IPAs. And what else is there? I don't know. There's lager, but I don't know. I think that's lighter. I, all I know is that I'm a porter and a stout girl. I like the dark beer. Okay. See, that's I what I remember. Okay. Dark. Yeah. And I remember because right and before. IPAs are bitter and yucky. Yes. Because right before I had lunch with Dan, uh, I was thinking to myself, I was like, what if he asked me what kind of beer I want? I have no idea. And so I was like, I'll let him say it first, and then I'll say, you know what? That sounds really good. And so Dan is <laughs> Dan is like a, you know, Dan's kind of, I don't want to say a hard ass because he's not. You know, he's just kind of like a stern, like straight to the point. You know, you can kind of tell, you know, he likes some strong beer. And so he... You know, we sat down for lunch and we talked a little bit. And he's like, you know, are you hungry? Let's have a beer. And I was like, yeah, of course. And so he's like, you know what you're having? And I was like, oh, let me look real quick. I obviously had no idea what I was going to get. And then he was like, yeah, can I get, you know, this? And it was some dark, super dark beer. And it was like super bitter. It was probably one of the worst things I've ever had to drink in my life. And so he was like, you know, you know, I want one of these. I was like, oh, actually make that too, please. And so I get that, and I'm sitting down, and he was like, you know, we cheers. Then he takes this big old gulp and, like, drinks half of it. And I was like, all right, Marcus, it's time to put some <laughs> hair on your chest. And so I drank, I took one drink, and I was like, this is probably the worst thing I've ever had in my entire life. And so uh, it was horrible, but I did it. I drank the whole thing, you know, and I kind of felt a little tipsy. I don't know if that's, like, appropriate to say on this, but I did. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh, this isn't good. Like, we got dead fouts. And anyways – Back to the back to the question. I don't know what kind of beer I, I, I like. Corona. I know I like Corona, and when I was in college, I really liked old E40s, which I don't know why. <laughs> I have no idea why. I'm an East Coast kid. I like old E40s. <laughs> My family's from New York. Did you mix them up with orange juice? Oh no, I went I went straight 40s. Drink them right out of the paper bag. Right out of the paper bag. It was uh. Right from the cigarette. Yeah, it was uh. It was. That <laughs> people are probably gonna stop listening after they're like, "Oldie forties, this guy doesn't know <laughs> oh, no, anything." <laughs> but uh, awesome. yeah, that's that's my beer of choice in a way. I guess it was an oldie forty or a Corona, actually, and Blue Moon. I can do a Blue Moon because it doesn't really taste like beer. 
All right, those, those okay, are probably so that's like all like light beer. Yeah, that's I was gonna say market. those are all probably super soft beers, huh? But that's all I right. Don't yeah, I don't not the old E. The old E puts the hair on the chest. <laughs> Anyways, oh wow, uh, well, was thank there... you here for the beaver. Yes, thank you for that. I like okay. that question. And then Cano Pan has another one, Marcus. I think this is good, and this will probably be for another. I mean, more in depth later. But he says, out of the current players, who do you see as potentially transferring after spring ball? I know a lot of this will depend on how spring ball goes, but. Canapan says he can already think of a handful of guys. Wow. If he can think of a handful, please tell me. I just, uh, I don't know. I think there are certain positions that are always going to have, you know, transfers. Quarterback, obviously, as we know, we've seen this offseason. You know, quarterback is always a big one. I have no idea if, you know, who could transfer possibly. Maybe, you know, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Angie, but, you know, maybe uh, you see a lot of third-string, fourth-string quarterbacks kind of be the guys who want to transfer. Right, because they just mm-hmm. see better opportunities. So I don't know if, you know, maybe an Aiden Willard. I have no idea. I really have no idea. You know, I, I've watched him a couple times. I thought he was actually pretty decent. Um, but you just kind of look at it. You got uh, Jebia, who I don't know how many more seasons he has. Does he have two more or three more? Uh, he'll be a redshirt sophomore this year. So, okay. yeah, he'll have this year and then two more. Yeah, so, you know, that's just something to keep in mind is there's just certain positions, you know, maybe I wouldn't say running back because I think a lot of guys are running back right now are getting good playing time and um, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. But and, and so much of it, I think, goes beyond playing time, too. I mean, yeah. if they're you know, not feeling that they're, you know, really a good fit or, um, you know, but there's a lot of guys that maybe aren't playing a lot but just still love the school and mm. have their friends there. I mean, it, it goes beyond that. So it's it's really hard to – pinpoint and say this guy i mean spring camp will be interesting because you can watch some body language and things and and see who's getting reps and who's not and and you can you can tell a lot by watching guys on the sideline but the culture has changed so much at oregon state right now in the past year um you know i think guys are having fun and even if they're not playing as much um a lot of them will stick it out just because they enjoy yeah because they enjoy each other and they enjoy the team Mm -hmm. yeah and and they have you know they have their friends they might have you know, girlfriends there, they, they like their program. They're in for studying. They want to, you know, get their degree. So there's a lot, a lot of other outside factors that, that come into play. Mm-hmm. Angie, do you got another question for us? No, that's it. That's really it. Yeah. Cause I didn't post it on, on Twitter last night because I was too busy watching that boring Super Bowl. Oh, uh, okay. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> like, I thought you posted it like a couple of days ago. I was like, wow, we are uh, we are burning out. People are are not feeling us anymore. No, I just I I posted it in the lodge, but I did not post on Twitter because yes, I was watching. I totally slacked last night watching. I was you know cheering on Johnny Hecker and yeah. Brandon Cooks and yeah, it was just I I was totally disappointed. We didn't even talk about Super Bowl. I was yeah. totally disappointed with the halftime show. I thought that was lame. Yeah, I thought the commercials were kind of lame. They were. There was know. a couple that I was like, wow, that's a good commercial, but they weren't funny. They were oh, like, favorite, you know, more heartfelt. Uh, with the one with the Chargers uh, head coach, I can't even think of his name. Um, uh, he was talking about, like, the the first responders when he got in his car crash. That was oh, a really yeah, good one. Yeah. That, that was, was a good one. Good. And that Microsoft one that they're talking about, the Xbox um, with the kid. Yeah, that, who, was, yeah, that, that one. Touching. Yeah, that, that one was touching. I, I was like, NFL dang. One. Yeah, the NFL. Oh, that one with all the with all the legends. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, one that was, was funny. I also like. I don't know if anyone watches Game of Thrones. I actually was like, I'll never watch Game of Thrones because it's like the nerdiest thing in the world. And then I find myself binge watching it. So uh, I really? finished. You're watching it? Oh, Angie, I finished. 
I have one more episode of the entire thing, and I started it like a month ago. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so yeah, Eric likes it. I I watch it, but yeah, yeah. As soon as they killed off Carl Drago, I was like done. Oh, and you can't ruin it for everyone. No, that was like season one. You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I was trying to give you a hard time, but you didn't even buy it. You were like. You're like, Marcus, it's season one. Come on, get over yourself. And then I guess we could talk more Beaver football. Is anybody, any of our listeners going to the recruiting dinner on Wednesday night? Because yes. Marcus and I will be there. I will be there. And I even have, I think I, uh, I think I have my outfit ready. So I'm ready. I'm, okay. I'm showing up styling. Okay. I better, I better get my, my game on point. My, my fashion sense. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I think I'm just going to bring a, uh, I think I'm going to bring a 40 to my dinner. I'm just kidding. I'll never do that. That would be so bad. <laughs> but like Coach Smith. So, so, so tell me, if if I buy you a drink on Wednesday night, what what am I buying you? Oh gosh, this is putting me on blast again. Uh, I want whiskey on the rocks. No, I'm just kidding. Ooh. I'm just kidding. I don't drink that <laughs> at like, all. Wow. I was like, oh no. I you know back to that dance story real quick. I really thought about that because we went to like a a place that had a bar. And he, yeah. I was thinking, I was like, what's the manliest drink that someone who lives in Sisters, Oregon could do or could drink? And I was like, whiskey on the rocks. So I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to get whiskey on the rocks. And Dan's going to look at me like, oh, okay. All right. This kid's pretty, uh, this is my type of guy. But no, I would say something, you know, some like a, I don't know, gosh, something fruity. <laughs> something fruity. super fruity, like crown apple and cranberry juice. I don't know. You know, that sounds pretty decent, though. I haven't even heard of that. Oh, Angie, get with the times. I know. I got to get with the times. Uh, I was going to say, we need to figure out who our next guest is going to be. So, uh, yeah. So, if you're a listener and you want to be, join the damn podcast for a segment. Yes. Please make sure to tweet at us or um, email us or however, um, you know, put it in the lodge at Beaver Blitz. Somebody. Yes. Something. Somebody. Please reach out to me because if we're only getting like three questions, we, we're going to need something more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, we would love to have more people on uh, right after and, we. And come say hi to us yes. at the recruiting dinner. If yes, there, please. Come say hi. Um, it'll be fun to see everyone. Yes, please come say hi and introduce yourself because I only know your guy, you guys by like your, uh, your 24-7 name or your Twitter name. Or your Twitter handle. So, yes. so if, uh, yes. Come say hi and, like, tell me if I'm doing a bad job or if you want to take my spot, I'll, like, sign a contract that gives you guys a damn podcast. Whatever you want. It's not really up to me. But uh, right after this, Matt Safone, she, she, oh, I don't even want to butcher. Matt. <laughs> I'm going to call him Matt. Matt he's gonna, it. Yeah, he's, he will be up next right after this. Angie, do you want to add anything else? No, just uh, make sure to check out Beaver Blitz. Wednesday is going to be a busy day. Wednesday so will be a busy day. Hang out with us. So we will recap everything next week on Monday. That is it for the Dan Podcast with Marcus Grease and Angie Machado. But stick around because Matt Chiafoni, Safoni, whatever it is, he's up next. Three, two, one. All right, everybody. This is our first guest that we're going to bring on to the Dan Podcast. That is a... Uh, a listener, Matt Chifoni, 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 Chifoni. That's what it was. Okay, I always hey. mess it up. I'm, well, shoot, me and Angie thought we got it right, and then 
Yeah, you're I probably just... fairly closer than most, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, then you tell me that I told, I'm saying it wrong, so now all of a sudden I feel way worse. I was thinking I was getting the names <laughs> down, but uh, we appreciate you coming on, my man. So let's uh, let's just dig right into it. You got? It sounds like you have the topics. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, I got that. Well, now that Angie's not here to block all my questions, like, I got <laughs> complete access here. I can fire away. Yeah, let's uh, let's dig into it. You ready? All right, let's all go. right. What's uh, what's the first one you got? All right, so first one up. Just kind of curious, your thoughts on it. So I just got done watching uh, Oregon State beat Utah in men's basketball, but uh, overall, do you find men's basketball to be a very good product? You know, that's it's crazy that you say that because I just got done watching that same thing, and I think what we did was, and you know, maybe if you felt the same way, certainly speak up, but. I thought after, you know, the first couple games of the season, I was like, wow, these guys look pretty decent. I think they can make kind of a deep run. Then they go to the Arizona schools, which we knew was going to be tough. But Mm -hmm. at some point I was like, man, I don't know if Oregon State's on that level yet because those guys just looked, you know, they looked a a lot better. And then so now that Oregon State just, you know, got done sweeping Utah and Colorado on that road, uh, on this road trip, I don't know, man. I think they might be for real because now I think they're tied for second in the Pac-12. And so, you know, I would say they might have to get another road sweep. I don't know where. I, I haven't even looked at the schedule. If there is another, you know, kind of away week, if they have one. But if they do, yeah. they certainly, you know, if they can manage to pull something off like that again, then it was just like what Mike Yam said, you know, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast is that they, re- I, you know, he thinks they could really stand a chance and really probably make a run for the tournament. Or at least worst comes to worst, NIT. I mean, do you mm-hmm. think, do you think they could make a run? Uh, well, they have I think five out of last seven are on the road, Ooh, and uh, that's you know, it's going to be tough. So they have three straight coming up here at home. Uh, I think he got to win all three of those, and then uh, five of last seven. I mean, if he can go three and four, yeah, in that. I mean, I think if he can get to somewhere around like eighteen, nineteen wins. And then maybe grab a couple at the tournament. Then you at least kind of put yourself in the conversation. At least, yeah, maybe a bubble team. I saw somebody actually tweet out today that uh, they had Oregon State ranked at least as a bubble team. So, yeah. I mean, if they can just pull off a couple more wins, which is a big thing too, because I think sometimes you watch this team and you're like, man, like they're really good. You know, they have some good pieces. They have good experience. But then sometimes, you know, like a lot of people have already mentioned is once teams start trapping our guards, it's like people don't – like they don't know what to do. Like they get super nervous yeah, and they get super rattled. Kind of, the offense really bogs down. Like I know I was at the Washington game last week, and there are moments in today's game too where, you know, it just seems like the offense kind of stalls and mm-hmm. it's a lot of dribbling. And then, you know, up against the shot clock, you're kind of forced to, you know, say a prayer and hope something goes in. Yeah. But, I, mean, I can't complain. I mean, it's a road sweep. It hasn't happened since, you know, 2008, I think, or yeah. 2009, something like that. So, well, that, well, that's good. That's a that's a plus. That's something that, you know, I was actually wondering when the last time we had a road sweep was, so thank you for informing me on that. Yeah, Craig Robinson was actually Oof. in the way-back machine. Yeah, that's way back. All right, Matt, what's uh, what's the next one you got for us? Well, uh, I have, I think, kind of a fun one for you here. All right. thinking of this one today. So I'm going to give you an option or two options, but you can only pick one. All right. All right. So going back in the past here a little bit. So let's say option number one is in 2017, your knees are healthy and you can play 
Oregon State at running back. Mm-hmm. But the season goes how it is, how it went. You know, it's kind of a you know tough tough go, a bit of a dumpster fire. Uh, or um, the 2016 season. After that season's done, you know, Gary Anderson doesn't go all haywire and start going air raid and Marcus stays and, you know, McMarion anyway, mm-hmm. McMarion stays and all that. And you can kind of continue or try to continue some of the momentum. What would you rather have seen happen? Would you rather have uh, Marcus McMarion stay and try to further that momentum? Or would you rather have had another year of football for yourself? Who? You can only take one. I can only take one? Hardball questions here. Who? I'm going to have to take the unselfish one. I'm going to have to say, you know, the second one. I'll let Marcus, uh, you know, kind of do his thing. Because I look at it and, you know, that, that wow, I've never, <laughs> I actually didn't even think about something like that. That was a good question. Um, I have it, a lot of free time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I think at the time, you know, maybe if you would have asked me, like, obviously, you know, a couple months after it would have happened or the first year, I would have certainly, you know, said, you know what? Healthy knees. Let me let me uh, let me go back to playing, right? Mm-hmm. But it you know it just comes to time. I don't want to get too off topic, but I think a lot of guys hit a point of reality because there was a couple. You know, Portland State talked to me a little bit afterwards, like, "Hey man, we can get you one year back." Uh, I know San Jose State did with Coach Brennan. They were like, "Hey man, maybe you can get yourself a year back and come play for us." But I think I just hit a point where I was like, mm. I mean, it, it happened for a reason, and. Yeah, I think I look at it now, and I got this. You know, I get to do this podcast, get to do all the sports broadcasting, and you know, I think it was, you know, I think it's actually a better thing that I did what I did uh, to be where I am now. But man, yeah, you asked me that question, maybe not even not even a whole year ago, maybe five months ago, <laughs> and I always say this once it's out of football season, or maybe if you even asked me this question during football season, I'm like, oh yeah, give me the give me the knees back, <laughs> yeah. let me come back. <laughs> Now, what would okay? How about this? But what would you do in my shoes, in that position? That same question for you. Oh gosh. Oh yeah, you can't put me on blast, man. I got to turn <laughs> it on you. Uh, you know, it's tough. I'm you know, used to just sitting up in my perch, just yelling stuff from the stands. But <laughs> I don't know. It feels like, as a player, you know, I feel like you'd you'd want to play. You'd mm-hmm. want to give it a, give it a shot and see what you could do. And obviously, that 2017 year is rough, but yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, you only got so many miles in yet. I think, you know, most people would want to try to maximize as much time as they have while they can, but that's true. Yeah. All yeah, right. That's a tough one. Well, Hey, that was a good question though. I, I think that's something that anybody who is going to be listening to this, uh, they're going to have to think about that. I would, I would want to know what they would have to say. So before we go to the next question, Matt, everybody, if you heard that scenario, Please, I actually am super curious to know what you guys would do. But, anyways, you ready to keep going, Matt? That was a good one. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, let's keep going. Hey, another uh, question. This is kind of related to football coaching. I mean, it's connected to Oregon State, but uh, it's kind of big picture as well. So I just saw that uh, James Rogers got a job with the new Alliance of American Football mm-hmm. League or something. Uh, but I think he's coaching something like outside linebackers. Oh, it's but. So as a running back, let's say if you were, you know, you had a new running backs coach and that coach's background was in something, you know, like defensive line, mm-hmm. would you have a hard time buying into that coach as a coach? You know, that's that. Wow. That's a, that's another good question because coach Lockett actually, uh, Oregon State's old running back coach, for those who didn't know, he actually, for the longest time, we all thought as running backs that he played 
running back in college, and he was hmm. an All-American running back, but he actually played linebacker at uh, Idaho State, and he was an all, you know, kind of like an All-American linebacker. And so when he told us that, and I, I know most of us because we all talked about it, we kind of took a step back. We're like, wow. You know, it's – and at the time you're young. Obviously he's coaching, and he has coached some great players, great yeah. running backs. So you have to respect that. But at a certain point, that it, it – it made us take a step back. We're like, does he really know what he's talking about? Because he hasn't <laughs> been in our shoes, right? And he hasn't seen the things that we've seen. But, you know, I actually – it's crazy that James got that spot because – I was that, that was that with Coach Riley's team? The yeah, San yeah. Antonio – okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. And, you know, I would say maybe they did that. And I know that's not your question, but um, I, I am kind of curious to know why they would do that because – you know, I, if anything, might as well just have him as like an assistant for like receivers or maybe even running back. Something that you know he he's an offensive minded guy because he played offense. So you might as well. But at the same time, too, I think if you've played for Coach Riley, uh, like a lot of us have, or a lot of Oregon State players have, they understand like they teach you everything about football. Not just as you know, say you're a running back, they don't just teach you how to play running back, and they, yeah. they teach you how everything else is. So. Um, I don't, you know, I've never heard of a receivers coach or a receiver coaching linebackers, but I mean, even back to that coach Lockett thing. So I told you that we kind of took a step back. We're like, does he know what we're talking about? But then at the end of the day, you have to think about it. And that's the way we thought about it was, well, he knows what running backs do. He's seen it from the defensive side. So if he can yeah, coach us on that, you know, kind of how, you know, maybe I'm running a sweep to the right. And the linebacker, you know, he would read it like this, but running backs read it like this, and he kind of teaches us that. So I don't know if that really answered your question all the way, but that's about <laughs> that's about as good as I could do because I actually have never heard about a receiver coaching outside linebackers. That's actually really crazy to me. Yeah, and I may be off, but, yeah, I swear I saw it, and it just kind of caught my eye. I was like, yeah. huh, you know, it's kind of interesting. Well, but, yeah, you might huh. not be wrong. Do you have a uh, – you, you got another one, Matt? Uh, yeah, I got more questions. All right, lay them on. Probably honest, man. we have time. Yeah, okay, right. lay them on. All right, so a uh, couple of football questions. We'll go one Oregon State specific and then one kind of big picture. So um, next season, am I crazy? Can this team get to five wins? Oof. I think me and Angie actually predicted, I think I predicted four or five on the last episode, but. I don't think it's too impossible because, you know, you, and a lot of people would say, well, you can't obviously jump from, you know, however, what they have, two wins. Yeah, it was two yeah. wins to, you know, five. But, yeah, I, the way I look at it is I play or I put the transfers in as a big part because you have to look at it like this. Regardless, you get most of your starters back skill-wise. The only guys you really lose are on the offensive line, but – you know, to be 100% honest, the offensive line wasn't great this last season. So I think with more transfers coming in, you get that transfer center. You still get Gus back, right? You still get Blake mm-hmm. Brandell back. So that's that's at least three guys that you have on your line that you know are solid, and then more guys can earn their spot and younger guys. But, you know, you still have Isaiah Hodgins, still got Jamar Jefferson, still got AP. You got Luton as quarterback and still, and still obviously – you know, most people think Jebby is going to be the starter. I personally think he's going to be the starter, but we know Luton can ball. You know, he had times in, in games where I was like, wow, this guy is, you know, this guy's pretty good. So you mm-hmm. get him back. And so I would say, 
offensively, you don't really have to worry at all. Defensively, defense. you know, obviously <laughs> defense is that's where that's where we're going to be like, uh, because you know they do get the transfers in though, so that's big. You get some big time instant help with those uh, JUCO guys coming in, Evan Bennett as well as you know coming in as a freshman to play defensive line. The defensive line was atrocious, as we know, and was historically bad. So, like I told Andy a couple of weeks ago, was this team can be a lot better if the defense just plays bad and not horrible. And I really think that, you know, another with another season under Coach Smith's belt, he understands, you know, where he was at defensively, the guys he needed, and I think he got those right guys on top of the big-time transfers because, you know, those transfers played at good schools. Like, they're not coming yeah. in from, you know, some – you know, I don't know, NAIA and then moving up in the ranks and then just trying to, you know, maybe get a spot on the roster. Like, these guys were playing some at some big-time football, and then they came to Oregon State, and now you play – I don't want to say the Pac-12 is down, but it's not as great as it used to be, I would say. And so now, you know, I personally think either four or five wins, it would surprise me, but I wouldn't be blown away. You know, if that – you know, and that's kind of not a straight-up answer, but – you know, if it happens, I'll be like, you know, maybe it, maybe that's just because they got that much better. Now, don't get me wrong. If they went to a bowl game, then I'm like, holy cows, we got to give Coach Smith everything we have, <laughs> <laughs> right? We better give him anything. Piles of gold. Yes, yeah. piles of gold. But um, I don't think you're crazy for that. I think the four to five wins is kind of the range that I was thinking for next season anyway. What do you got? What do you got them uh, predicted? Well, you know, as I guess a fan, you always have to have hope. I, mean, yeah. I don't know what else you have going for you, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, it is possible. I just feel like defensively, gosh, they could just hold teams to field goals. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd just be a night and day difference. Yeah. I feel like this year, when I'd watch games on the DVR, I would just fast forward through when the defense was on the field. You could just you know wait for seven points to show up on the bottom on the scoreboard for the opponent. But, yeah. Gosh, they could just hold the field goals at times. Yeah, and, and, they could do you know, for and the it's team. not even every time. It's just sometimes. Like, yeah. You just need to, you know, maybe maybe out of the four times that they're going down to the red zone, you know, give them, give them two touchdowns and two field goals. But instead, it's four mm-hmm. touchdowns every time, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We are just at about 15 minutes, Matt, so let's do one more question. All right, one more. This is big picture stuff for you. All here. right, big heavy, picture. Heavy hitter. All right, so – I don't know if you saw recently there was um, a story out about football participation rates declining. Yes. And I've been wondering over the last number of years about just, you know, the relevancy with football, like, you know, 30, 40 years from now. What do you think football's popularity will be? Who actually me, I don't know if you know Will Darkins, but me and Will Darkins were oh, actually yeah, yeah. talking about that not too long ago. He works here at the station and um, he was telling us, you know, stuff, it, it's go, it's going down because or the popularity because apparently a like a certain insurance that would usually obviously insure a lot of younger kids playing football is no longer going to do that. And so hmm. that might be a big reason why you know a lot of parents and everything like that are not letting their kids play football at a young age, but it depends because <clears throat> just as a defensive if you look at defense, right, and you watch defensive players play, I always feel bad for them. At the time, don't get me wrong, when I was playing running back, I loved it because I could lower my head, and if they hit me, then I'm get, I am know I'm going to get a flag, right, or they're going to get a flag. But yeah, it's getting to a point where you're watching some of these games, and you're like, man, like, 
there's really nothing a defensive player can do without getting flagged, right? Because there's obviously defenseless receivers, like hands to the face in the quarterback. You know, you can't rough the passer, kind of really anything. And so it's it's actually turned off a lot of people. And, you know, obviously it was a horrible call with that Saints game, right, and Rams game a couple weeks ago. But even mm-hmm. that, right, it's – there's just times where you're like, man, like what – and I know the refs aren't going to get it perfect every time. So that's that's – what I'll say there, but you just watch it and you're like, man, like that has to turn off a lot of Saints fans from watching football in general, no matter if you're a diehard fan. Because well, I just kind of wondered too if uh, the younger generation. Can I tell you a quick story here? Yeah, about? yeah, go for it, man. All right, so um, I teach high school, and this is about a year or so ago. There's a kind of a controversial touchdown, like was it a catch, not a catch? And mm-hmm. I think a Patriots Steelers game. And I came in the next day. And I asked the, some of the kids in class, like, hey, you want to see that call? And you know, just trying to make some conversation. And there wasn't a single person that had seen it. And I just felt like, you know, going back 10 years ago, if I would have asked the students that question, I would at least had a few that were like, oh, yeah, yeah. or I heard about that. But there's, you know, they acted like I just stepped off <laughs> of, like, you know, different planet or yeah. something like that. And I don't know. I've just been one I've wondered over, here, over the last, you know, number of years about just, you know, Will football still be as relevant down you know, the road? But. I, you know, I I hope so because I'm you know oh yeah kind of I mean, trying I, to make a yeah. living. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know that's a good question. And again, you know I think we're gonna do a poll question because people aren't gonna hear this by the time uh, you know I, I tweet out it. You know what I was gonna say, but I'm gonna put a poll question up, and then so once people read or listen to this part of the podcast, it'll be more relevant. But. You know, we're going to ask if they think we want to do, what, 20 or 30 years down the road? Uh, No, I know. Let's do 30. All right, 30. That's what we're going to say is 30 years down the road if football is going to be relevant or not. Matt, we're up to 20 minutes, my man. I really appreciate you hopping on. And uh, Oh, yeah. And, you know, I appreciate me, or I know for a fact Angie and I both appreciate you um, listening to the podcast consistently, answering, you know, asking your questions. They are really good questions, even if sometimes I just babble on and, and don't really answer them. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. But, Matt, we're going to get you on again, my man, sometime soon. Uh, this was just right. kind of our new idea that we had. And, you know, I really liked it. I like hearing what you guys have to say as listeners and everything like that. So, Matt, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll have you back on soon, my man. All right. All right. Thank you much. We'll be back next week on Monday.